We're back. Alrighty, so um, yeah, we left off with Danny talking about his um, he got to um, just, he he got to spend time with MJ's monkey. Yeah, that sounds. You know, when you say it that way, uh, Dan, it, it sounds super creepy. <laughs> I just, Oh god, that's funny. Yeah, I know. Oh, M MJ's mom. Uh, I was never trying. I was. I was. Yeah, I know it. I mean, he was one of those who was. It, it, yeah, it makes it sound like you were one of those who made the film yeah. Leaving Neverland. Yeah, I, I was. I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about MJ's bubble. I mean, no, that's not right. I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, um, what's it called? Um, it could be worse. I could have said like you we, you were talking about your experiences with MJ's snake or something. I'm sure you had plenty of snakes. Oh no, snakes! I'm not a snake guy. <laughs> I don't like snakes either. Something about them. Although I I do have a snake story. So uh, a friend of mine, she used to have these amazing parties at her house. And when Gus Moses was on tour, he would watch uh, Flash's snakes. Nice. And he had many, and she had many. And so I came up there and I was like, there's a huge line at your bathroom. I need to urinate. Uh, can I go up to your bedroom? And she was like, absolutely. Go upstairs. Go this away and so i walked into this room and there's like 14 gigantic freaking snakes in this room just just all over the place <laughs> and that's my uh that's my spin for it i ended up pissing in a bush in her backyard i'm sorry but that's what i did <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I opened the door to a room and there's like literally 15 gigantic like python like like gigantic pythons in this room and i went like no I have to I do the same no thing. Way I'm walking. There's no way I'm walking across this room. <laughs> oh, God, I'll, just, I'll just pee in a bush. Yeah, I had a close encounter with a rattlesnake in Yosemite National Park as a kid. Um, I'm good on that. Yeah. But that was pretty frightening. Yeah, almost stepped on it. All of a sudden, I hear a park ranger tell me to stop. I look down, and there's a big-ass fucking rattlesnake about three feet away from me. Yeah. And the park ranger, park ranger came over. She's like, "Do not move," and she shoot it away. Yeah, it reminds me of the Zeke the Plumber salute your shorts episode where he found out Budnick was arachnophobic and you got terrified of ants. Ants. Yeah, oh, or not ants? I meant spiders. My bad. I was gonna say that's that's not even arachnophobia. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was the one we found out you were afraid, terrified of spiders. And there was that scene where you get where they found out that was your one weakness when you're in the woods screaming because you were surrounded by spiders. That was a fun episode. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny how many people say that episode actually scared them. You know, I people with like tattoos of Zeke the Plumber. Uh, like uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, wasn't that? Cur 
Well, and, and even though they they revealed in that one scene, even in the dream sequences, wasn't that Kirk behind the mask? Even in the yeah. dream sequences. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. He had plenty more hair. <laughs> he grew back. You That's definitely one of those episodes where when people think of the show, that's one of the primary things they think about besides the awful awful, which we'll never know what one is. Dude, it's like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's in the briefcase? Who knows what's in the briefcase? Who knows what, a, what an awful awful is? Yeah. The magic is in the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And there was another episode where, what's it called, um, in terms of things that went over our heads um, that were not for kids, at the beginning of the Cinderella play episode, you made a brief reference to a 70s porno movie when you're all trying to figure out which play to do, and you, you we hear you mumble to Dina, like, I would do Amazon Girls of Go-Go. I heard that that was the title of like a late seventies porno. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even. I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. You know that would act. Oddly enough, that would fit in with the uh, the crew of that show. Yeah. But yeah, I love finding out all that stuff in the trivia section. <laughs> And Danny was also part of a musician. Danny's part of a, he was part of a band, Bad for Good. What wasn't that the name of your band? Yeah, that was the unfortunately that was the name of the band. <laughs> that's what we were. That's what we were told was going to be the name of the band. And was that your real guitar in that one episode where with the celebrity who came to camp in that part where you where you start strumming the guitar in the bunk for him? I you know there was a couple of episodes that we had to uh, that there was guitar prevalent and we had there was like um there was one guitar that we always had on on set which was a uh, knockoff of a Gibson Les Paul. That was, you know, probably like a hundred dollar guitar. And then there was, a, I think, on one or two episodes. And at the same time, I was making that record with a guy by the name of Steve Vai, who's a, a virtuoso sort of guitar player. And in one of the episodes, I he actually, because I was making a record with him, was like, "Here, I'll just just take this guitar." And that was actually the prototype of one of his most famous, like, the guitars, original wow. version of. Oh, so I thought it was always kind of funny. Nice. I can't remember which episode it was or the context of it, of that it was, but it was like, I, I gotta use a guitar. He's like, yeah, hey, like, what's this? I of this uh, famous guitar. <coughs> it was actually 
from like the drapes of his studio or his house. Oh man, oh, wow, that's wild. They had this like weird, <laughs> smart, but that was the, uh, the actual like prototype of that guitar. But yeah, uh, um, what's it called in Brett's watch parties? He hosts. He actually has um. He he often shows a bunch of episodes from the show included in his watch parties. Yeah, it was easy one quite nuts on the guitar in that one scene too in that episode. Forget the first part of the lyrics, but then where she goes like, and it's all your fault! It's all your fault! It's funny, on that, there's like a, a sh- this shitty little, uh, I mean, it was probably like a, it was a $100 knockoff of the Gibson Les Paul. And I could, I could walk into the like a product room and just grab on my time off and just hit play it. 16, 17 years old at the time. Um, I actually, on that shitty guitar is where I learned how to play uh, <laughs> and subtle sweet sounds of uh, Blackbird by the Beatles on that oh, shitty nice. little acoustic guitar. <laughs> Not even acoustic, it was like an electric like Les Paul knockoff. Uh, yep. In my... <laughs> trying to learn all these all these weird chords of needle chords and that's uh only that's the guitar i learned how to play uh blackbird on <laughs> nice but yeah um so danny's multi-talented for everybody listening um yeah he's not only a versatile actor he's a great musician a great comedy mentor i mean had about three quarters of the jokes that I've come up with in the past th- two and a half years have been because of him. Oh, nice. We have a we have a fun time, man. It's it's uh, uh you know I I look at my family after every day working with Dan. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, but yeah, I'll never forget how jazzed I was two and a half years ago to take your classes. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy shit. I'm actually going to be working with the great Bobby Budnick. I'm like, this is literally one of my childhood dreams. Man. <laughs> we have You're very fortunate to have them come true, Dan. Yeah. I know if in, at age 10, if somebody... I, I, I'm, having, I'm having some sick and twisted thoughts. I got to tell this to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, what's it called? Um, at age 10, if somebody told me that you and I were going to become friends one day, I would have thought that they were just like busting my balls to tease me. Dan, if, it, if at age 10, I would be, I would have a philosophical conversation about a priest and uh, the, the person he was molesting in a comedic way, I would, I would think I was crazy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> conversations that Dan and I have on a weekly basis. <laughs> 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 
So if this priest was shooting his jism down this child's throat, what would he say that would be funny? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, in all fairness, you always help me come up with the punchline, so both of us are kind of twisted. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Or like the intellectual Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to hear those conversations. Like the there. <laughs> but yeah. You don't want to know how it gets from A to B. Yeah, exactly. It gets a lot more explicit than the. Imagine the Rugrats making references to our talks. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want to hear the, uh, the, 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 the building process. Yeah, exactly. I know. Um, that that right there should be cons- it, it should be entitled. You can't say that on television. Yeah, well, there are a few where I'll be like, I have a good joke, but I know I'm not going to be allowed to use this one for at least a year. Like, I'll have a really good one I thought of, of a very sensitive current event, and then I'll be like, yeah, maybe in a year I'll tell this one. But... Yeah. The fun thing is that Dan, you Dan is so well read and so smart that there he has jokes that I'm going. I, I really don't think this is my most common critique. I don't think that anyone is ever going to get that joke. I think it's so smart. <laughs> you would have to be a uh, literature major for anyone to get that joke. Thank you. Yeah, there was this one. <laughs> Yeah, there is this one word that's like that where usually three people in the crowd at most will get where I'll pick on somebody who's like the most, who's the oldest one in the crowd if I know them personally. And I'll be like, you know, they recently did a bunch of shows up in places like Boston and New York and they didn't weren't so well received. They actually got jumped and everything um after they're set and I'll be like it's only the second time in their entire lives that they've been beaten by the North. Dan is, is so brilliant that unless you were on the miniseries, you would you're not gonna get some of those jokes. Like that's how deep it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I do have quite a few jokes about the Root series like that. Um, yeah. Like this one where I talk about a family who, um, where I met their son, Toby, and I'm like, I pulled the parents aside and I'm like to them, um, have you guys not watched that series? Why would you ever name your son Toby? <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot, what? You're in a bad reception spot. You're in a bit. I think you're in a bad reception spot. We didn't lose you, did we? Oh, no, no, I got you. I'm back now. <laughs> yeah, he keeps on taking a smoke break or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have the 
But yeah, um, what's it called? Didn't you guys, uh, when for Terminator 2, you guys used to take a lot of smoke breaks, right? At that time, I don't. I didn't start smoking until I was 21. So wow, yeah, I, I was not smoking at that point. I actually recently quit smoking, or I'm, I'm in the process. I'm vaping. I'm down to yeah, like two cigarettes a day. Um, I'm down to like two or three cigarettes a day and I'm vaping. It's, uh, my, my, I can tell my uh, lungs have cleared up big time, big time. And just, really? you know, just the past three weeks, it's like night and day. <laughs> it's, uh, I've quit a couple times before for like a year, but, um, you know, it's, I'm getting older now and it's like, I need to quit that shit. Yeah. The vaping I helps. I just, I, I can't find an, an equivalent to it. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's why I'm smoking like two cigarettes a day because uh, I need that like that burn. You know what I mean? Um, but the vape I got, it's pretty good. You know what I mean? So I, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm just not ready to completely give up the cigarettes. It's probably because people I hang out, they all they all smoke. Yeah. That's that's the biggest problem. Like when I'm by myself, I don't crave it as much. When I'm around other people smoking cigarettes, let me get a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, kind of, but it's also you smell it, and it smells so good. You know, you just, you yeah, just want one. Yeah, psychological triggers. Yeah. That's how DMX used to feel about the women. Once he was around them, they just smelled so good, and before he knew it, he had 15 kids. Did you really? Yep, 15. How, how do you know how the women smell DMX? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds suspicious. But yeah, what's it called? He had 15 kids, and I think most of them had different baby baby mamas. That man got around. He was a, he was a dog. He got yeah. around. He got around. Well, the way he actually had the dog got the dog image was because um he back when he was fifteen and finally ran away from home his one and only guardian was his Rottweiler because he didn't have any parent or guardian to look after him so he got a Rottweiler who looked after him nice. and that was literally his protector. <laughs> All right, you guys. I gotta bounce. I'm gonna turn it. I've gotta. I'm gonna make like a four and a half hour uh, Italian dinner tonight. With my daughter. Well, thank so I've gotta bounce. Thank. But I love you guys and uh, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Good to see you again, Danny. For sure. Enjoy your meal, man. Take it easy. <laughs> I appreciate right, later. it. Later. Later, bro. So, anybody have any more questions for um Brett? I can't think of anything right now. So, Brad, um, for people like Chris, can you let him uh, and the rest of us, can you let us know where we can purchase your work and support um, all of your art? Sure, yeah. So I, I currently have a website that's in development. I'm going to hopefully get a store within the next month. Um, but for now, you can contact me directly through Instagram at Greg Wilsner, um to get – 
you know, either art turn stickers, posters. Um, I'm not really trying to sell the Scary Tales books right now just because I have a limited copy and have a book signing coming up. But if you absolutely have to have one, and, uh, uh, you can get in touch with me there. Um, otherwise, I should have it out for retail hopefully by the end of the year, if not 2022 early. And yeah, if you love 90s Nickelodeon art, 90s nostalgia in general, um, you know, like watching uh, watch parties of different 90s shows, come on over to my Instagram page. It's a lot of fun for people who stick around. And to everybody listening, I would highly recommend you purchase some of his work. Um, his work you will be blown away by. Um, it's uncanny how much it looks it how much it looks like the actual scenes that he draws. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you. Yeah. When I when I do the art for like Blue Short to Art for the Dark and other types of stuff, I I really internalize the, the episodes that I'm watching and I really like think about what the essence is of those moments that really stuck with me growing up. And somehow I just kind of translate that when I'm drawing it. It usually, you know, appears on the screen in a way that really captures people's attention. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, it can be eye-catching. Yeah. Um, and he, you're su- you were both such huge um, 90s connoisseurs that you, that you can definitely fit in all those little details because you remember each and every one of them. Oh man, I feel bad for whoever had to draw all the pages in the Where the Where's Waldo books. That must have taken forever. Yeah, that guy's name is well. I think Martin Hamper wrote the book. I'm not quite sure who illustrated it, but yeah, I mean, it might my, my stuff's pretty detailed, but Where's Waldo is on a whole other level. It must take like at least a couple of weeks to a month per page, and there's only like 25 pages in the book, so. Goes to show you all the effort that goes into planning those kind of illustrations out, so that everything all is cohesive together in one setting, and it has all these little things that you have to look for too. Yeah, I know. Um, those um books definitely didn't help my. It were definitely helpful for my dyslexia. Yeah, I'm sure they. It's uh, pretty beneficial for a wide array of readers. Uh, for me personally, I I just didn't like reading words growing up to start. Obviously, I'm, I'm a better reader now, but back then I needed really pictures to communicate um, clearly. So books like that <coughs> articulate what I want to say and what I liked because they were so vivid and detailed. So I, I totally get what you mean by that. Yeah, but yeah, they they truly had me. They truly had me. Gave me a new, like, found eye for detail. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I mean, try, try going back to the Where's Waldo books now. It'd probably take you a while to find everything in all of them, right? Because there's not just finding Waldo. You have to find his friends. You have to find the wizard. You got to find, like, a bone and a few things that he, like, leaves behind when he's traveling, like a sewer mask or a cane or something. So uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Oh man, yeah, I would buy. I would probably get them again just for nostalgic reasons. For sure. But yeah, um, 
any upcoming well you said salute your shorts um before we end um is there any other upcoming art of yours that you would like for us to know about sure yeah obviously there's the shorts 30th anniversary uh illustration series i'll be doing along with some stickers which is pretty exciting uh for anyone who wants to show their support for you know the love of that show um i'm also doing this cool mashup idea that i came up with called pokelodeon where I'm mixing up like Pokemon from the original first two generations that existed in the 90s with uh, popular Nicktoon characters. So I'm finding that pretty challenging, but also very fun in terms of which ones to mix up with which. So uh, keep an eye out for that, like late April, early May, uh, for a few of those to see if they're up your alley as well. Yeah, well, you have yet to disappoint with any of your work, so... um. Yeah, asking me if your work is up my alley is like a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who loves cartoon stuff with lots of detail, you'll love it. That's pretty much my inspiration for my style. It's basically like, where's Waldo plus Doug equals what I draw? Yeah, it's funny on Instagram... I like. I'm sure most guys. We mostly scroll through to videos of really cute girls we know on Instagram, but um. So I'll like scroll through 99% um, cute girls and the 1% that I scroll through is your art. <laughs> well, it's good that I stand out in the crowd, huh? Yeah, you're right up there with all the cute girls. <laughs> well, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your art is sexy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Thank you so much for partaking. Um, it's always uh, and for those listening, this has been another episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. And let's thank again both Chris Rankin and Brett Wilson for joining us this evening. And hopefully, we can get them back for some future episodes. Yeah, and, for sure. We'll see what uh, the future has. Exactly. Well, good night, and until next time, keep on nostalgic. If that's uh, our, that's the word I just made up. <laughs> nostalgic. Yeah. It works. It works. Yeah.